Welcome to Saints Unveiled. We are your hosts, Maurice and Carlton. And we've created this podcast more or less to talk about the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to bring forth questions and thoughts that perhaps both members and non-members have, and to be able to explore topics that you maybe may have had questions about. Well, we have to necessarily talk about because I've been, like I said, it's, this is getting to, to politics again, but I don't know if you saw um, Elder Oaks in a talk. He oh, got backlash know. for that. He so did. So dumb. He did. He did. You know, what's... Especially because he used specifically Black Lives Matter, and I think that some people just have the issue with the organization compared to the movement mm-hmm. because they are two totally different things. Because like, that was one thing I realized when I had an argument with one of my friends. Like, he kept arguing about the group. And I'm arguing about the movement. Yeah. And that's and, and to me, I'm like, that's why it went nowhere. Because he can't get past Marxists. <laughs> and I'm just like, how is he not seeing all this stuff that's happening? And yeah. it's, it was just a messy conversation. Because well, it even comes to, I've thought about this. It's similar to what I kind of brought up with the whole, with religions and how, like, Islam doesn't have the centralized this is what all Islam believes. Like right. they have, they have the Quran. 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 Okay. Get my religious books mixed up. I was like, wait, was that the right one? <laughs> I almost said Torah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, that um, that's that's kind of, right? Yeah. So that's what's kind of interesting. I've noticed about movements in general that kind of have these problems of what do they actually believe or what's the, what's the movement around is unless it's an actual like nonprofit that's like properly like in a sense a business nonprofit you run into that a lot where there's this almost separation of what people think it is and what it actually is right and that's what's and i get why certain movements especially if they tend to be anti anti establishment to some degree wouldn't want to be an establishment themselves because there'd be some right. irony. I don't think there's a problem with that personally, but I can see, but I think it would benefit them if they were more organized in that regard. I agree because especially when you start playing the blame game on, let's say the rioting, right? Mm-hmm. Cause technically, man, I saw an article recently that was talking about the black lives matters violence. Um, it was like actually like 95% were violent. I mean, were nonviolent. Yeah. Which means that that rest of it, that I can't remember if it was 93 or 95, but that other 5 to 7% makes it a violent protest. But that, that means that that at most are the ones that they specifically caused. Yeah. So it could have been, it's like that one guy that got arrested recently that uh, during a Black Lives Matter protest, he shot at a police station. But he was actually like, um, what's the far right group? <laughs> so Which many of them. Exactly. Yeah. Boogaloos? I don't even know what that is. He was one of those alt-right, far-right gotcha. groups. And he shot at the yeah. the building that was saying, you know, justice for Floyd. But he, he didn't care anything about the, yeah. about the protest. It was that he... Use that as an opportunity to incite violence, right? So who do you blame that on? Black Lives Matter or him? Yeah. And so, 
you know, it's uh, and it's it's just all a mess. But I still support the movement to its fullest because I understand mm-hmm. like what's why these why people are out there marching for this. Mm-hmm. The violence, I'm kind of on the fence. <laughs> I can see sometimes why. people only language they can understand is violence sometimes. But so I I get that. But yeah, um, I said I've mixed emotions about it. Yeah. Because at first I was all for it. I was just like, burn it all down. But <laughs> then, uh, like once I calmed down and started thinking through, um, I think that they should still just keep up the protests. But if they can avoid the violence, do so. But if there is violence, don't be a, the initiator. Yeah. And just go from there. But either way, I, I see it, they would still get blamed for it because mm-hmm. they were in the area and... And that's why I think as far as like making a statement, the better move is to not be violent Yeah, because they're going to get blamed no matter what. Right. Always be, and this, I mean, this is much more a moral conversation than a activism conversation. Right. So I'm obviously not affected the same way. So it's easy for me to be an outsider looking in on it. Um, But I just think if you can always be quote unquote, the good guy, in every situation, as far as violence goes, then you're always going to have that. We didn't actually do this. You're just blaming it for us. Right. But like I said, that's easier said than done. Yeah. Especially when there's just so many groups in play yeah. to begin with. People coming from out of out of different cities and states to be a part of this yeah. thing, and there's no telling what their motivations are. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a sticky situation. And for me, because I'll always defend the the movement of Black Lives Matter. I'll always defend it. And for me, it's almost like I have to defend the organization, which, I mean, I'm indifferent towards them. Yeah. Because I know that they had something to do with the start of the organization. I mean, the, not the organization, the movement. So, like, I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. But some people bring out... Marxist and socialism, I, like I don't care. Yeah. Like I, I honestly don't care if there's yeah. socialism or Marxist because I don't think that will ever take over America. Like there's yeah. way too many capitalists for that to even be yeah. the the thing. And I think that that would start a civil war before yeah. Marxism or socialism takes over. Yeah. Like I think it would literally come down to a war. There's not enough people yeah. to fight to win as Marxists. So like, because for me, I am a capitalist, but I also know that there's not a fair system at the bottom to catch people when they fail in capitalism. Mm -hmm. And that's my huge issue with it. And I think parts of socialism actually could work to carve that patch. But I think that, but the the moment you mention socialism is instant, like people's brains, Lock up. Because no. <laughs> I get... Call you a Marxist. I get why... I, I get the... Being against that as an economic institution. I understand it. Because I don't think it's a good full-on yeah. economics. Like, it's, it's a good sentiment, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's a good... It's, it's one of the more Christ-like sentiments in yeah. terms of helping people. Because you don't mm. want people to fail. But I think the cost of... The cost of that, I think, is too high. And it's kind of just this idea of, like, <clears throat> in, in where my where I stand is I just, 
big government doesn't usually do a lot of good for that reason. All right. Because anytime big government, whatever the whatever the reason may be, whether it is socialism or authoritarianism, they're both big government. Right. And no one wins when there's yeah. too much power within. Whenever there's too much power anywhere, even in a cat, like if a company has too much power, I and mean, we're seeing this with censorship online, when these companies have too much power and what they're able to get away with, we see problems. And so it's just any organization, and that's where like, even as someone who believes in capitalism, I, it has flaws. And that's right. why I, in the most successful companies, I mean, I mean companies, countries right now are more mixed economy anyways, because right. they're taking the best of what is there. And usually the basis of it, of a good economic system, usually is a basis of capitalism, but with other, right, with, with like a social safety net. And I think our social safety net has potential. Go ahead, say it. Say it. Has potential, <laughs> but it's broken. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, and it's because we just fight so much over different things. And it, like I said, if we just if we just cared about the success of America, we would be okay with whatever works. Yeah, because like capitalism, someone's going to disagree with this, has done so much to get a lot of poor people out, generally. The yeah. idea of when a country is more capitalist, the poverty, the poorest people are more rich. Right. They're still poor, but they're richer than other poor places. Right. And so. And we see that but, here. I mean, everybody got smartphones, and yeah. you don't see that everywhere else. Yeah. Like, Michelle and I, like, if you're to look at us from, like, strictly just like a financial thing, we're not doing great, but we're, we have a functioning car. We can right. eat. We have have great technology. I mean, obviously, this was when it was a little more prosperous, but but we'll I was able there, at man. the time. We'll get there. We'll get our yeah. studio and yes. get that high. Actually, it sounds good considering yeah. if y'all could just see the technology we're running with right now, you'd be impressed. You you would really be impressed with Carlton right now. I'm just here to provide a voice, but this man here is a one man wrecking crew right now. Let's. Let's go on Instagram for a second. Where is it? I can never. <laughs> I'm really bad at Instagram. I turned. I found out like I was trying to do stuff for um, my wife and I do a music thing, and I'm like, how does this work? How do I do this? <laughs> I was trying to do stories, <laughs> Instagram stories or whatever. It's because we're getting old, bro. Yeah, that's all that is. <laughs> so, those are gonna be listening to this podcast. I don't know the name of it yet, but Maurice made a mention of. Our chaos. <laughs> Just wires everywhere. Beautiful. Just Beautiful. wires everywhere. <laughs> that's what we're rolling with. And that's what it's going to be. Until, you know, we make it big and get that Spotify or Luminary contract. Yeah. Get that. Then your boys make it big time. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. We're going to get all over the place before we actually get on a topic. This may just be a random episode. <laughs> <laughs> but the ramblings of old men. There it is. That's where we kind of, this is where I tend to be a little more right-leaning on certain things. It's just weird to me because, okay, tangent before the tangent. <laughs> I think it's interesting, this idea of like free speech and like fighting for someone's right to speak was originally much more a liberal idea. Like the, the idea of I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend your ability to say that. That's right. not the exact wording of it. That's a liberal that came from like the 60s from the liberals, from the Democrats of the time. But that's very much more of a right-leaning idea now to an, like I said, to an extent. Yeah. Uh, but that's what's kind of interesting of because um, Joe Rogan got that big old Spotify deal 
and the employees at Spotify want to censor what he's saying. They want to have editorial control. Employees of this guy who they paid a lot of money want editorial control over what he says. I'm not down for that. Yeah, I mean, you're now you're altering his content. Yeah. Because you, you're taking what got him there and altering it yeah. now that he's there. And it's like, uh, because now what you're going to do is take away not only his voice, but his character, mm -hmm. right? Like, we, we, we will know that it's not, no longer Joe Rogan anymore. And yeah. I think that that's – so so for us, the, the, the cool thing about us is to be able to relate our content back to church beliefs and also our belief. Mm -hmm. You know, this – as a Latter-day Saint, this is what the doctrines say. This is, as a human, how we feel about these things – and then what's actually happening. And that's, I think, been the core for us. So let's say if we got a Spotify deal or a Luminary deal, um, in the words of my late father, all money ain't good money. And so maybe that, maybe with me being in cybersecurity right now, be able to create our own platform. Who oh, knows, yeah. man? Who knows? You know, that'll cause a lot of sleepless nights, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll be worth it, you know, and it'll be, it'll be cool because it won't be just us. We yeah. can just have a whole slew of people. But I think that in terms of the the free speech, I don't think you ever want to cut off what makes a person a person. Mm -hmm. I think that because uh, with somebody like Joe Rogan, what he does is bring in perspectives. Mm -hmm. He has his own clear perspective. We we know what Joe Rogan yep. is about. But then he can have these conversations with people he don't care about because let let's say like like when he bashed video games at one day about them being a waste of time. I think that it's one of those things where Nice to meet you, nice Teresa. Nice to meet you, You guys recording? Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Why the train is empty? Touch your brain. Wow. Straight in the door like that. I respect it. <laughs> what happened? It's <laughs> 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 like major pain. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you got that for? for? Three months. Freaking started this morning. I didn't have to hit the gas meter. Nothing. <laughs> I like Teresa already. Already. I like her. You have a fan, already. Teresa. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> This is the beauty of it. Oh, yeah. But but I think, yeah, so with him not liking video games, but to be able to talk to somebody about it to gain a perspective, like I would love to have somebody that despises the church on the show. And oh, yeah. I think that be, because for me, I've only been a part of it almost seven years now. And I think that even with me not having, uh, how can I put it? Even with me having a small bit of experience, within the church 
and this is a huge reason why I like what I think was the inception of this show was seeing these cultural differences. When we first started, a lot of our earlier topics were some of the things that I saw consistently that where people are butting heads. And if we had somebody that either left the church or just never liked the church to sit down and talk with us, that could open up the eyes of other church members that, that aren't seeing what they're seeing because they've just been a part of it for so long. And it's the same with me being black. There are just some things people have questions for me all the time about certain things. And for me, it just always was. So for let, let's say instance, a slab, I don't know if you know what that is. No. And if anybody who knows what this is, probably just cracking up laughing. So it's, a, sl a slab is essentially a, a customized car. So in Houston, it was a huge cultural thing. As you know, African-Americans just historically never really owned houses, but you can own a car. Okay. So the car was the pride, right? So Makes that's sense. why Cadillacs, the, the Brohams, the DeVilles, like these were cars that we idolized because that was not only was it something that we could have, something that we owned. But then we could throw some 18, 20 inch rims on that thing. Like that's, you know, candy paint, the fifth wheel, uh, Dayton's like you can the, the customize it to have the, you know, thousands of dollars in the system. You know, you could pop trunk and have these like uh, illuminated messages coming out of the trunk. Like that was those are things that we were proud of because we came up with that. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's what we were able to create with what we have. And that's such a Houston, or it could just be Texas, but in Houston, like that was so huge. And I think that, I I think that, for me, somebody may look at that and be like, "Why are you customizing a car like that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is a waste of money." Whereas to those who create the car, like that's the culture, like that's yeah. something that has been created in the culture that people can just look and and. <laughs> it might sound weird, but just being inspired by it because somebody worked hard to get that. And that I know how much those rims cost. I know how much it costs to get a sound system like mm -hmm. that. You worked hard for that kind of yep. thing. So for the church, we may look at, let's say, sharing the gospel, because that's something I mean, we, we've been hearing the prophet say, gather Israel, gather Israel. So maybe our efforts to gather Israel may seem extremist or may seem aggressive. But we believe in the end times and that they're sooner than what people may think. But for people who don't believe, it's just like, why are you in my face about this? You yeah. know, why are you being aggressive about this? Why are you talking about this every chance you get? Well, that could be the reason. And and, and getting gaining that understanding. Because for me, I love to hear why somebody, a story, what made them left, leave the church? Or what made them hate it so much in terms of having a whole sermon in another denomination specifically for us, right? <laughs> like, I, I I would love to hear their perspective. And maybe I can't answer their questions. I've only been in this thing for yeah. six years, so nah, I may I've not have. my whole life, yeah, I may not be able to answer the questions. <laughs> right, so I may not be able to answer the questions, but to gain that perspective, like, okay, I see where I'm going wrong in this area, or I see where us as members are going wrong mm -hmm. in this area. We need to fix that. Like, that's, that is a problem. Whether if you're Christian or not, like that's a problem, yeah. you know. And and I think that, and this is why I'm glad that 
maybe this will be a platform that can bridge those bridge those gaps because it allows it, it allows us to uh or allow us excuse me terrible english <laughs> it allow us to be able to um to express who we are but to also get an idea from other people on how they see us too if they, they gain a better understanding so that we can kind of bridge that gap kind of like what we talked about in the last podcast with, with the social contract you're trying to create an understanding so yeah you may not like our temples or you may not like our buildings or our culture whatever the case may be but you have an understanding of why things are the way that they are and yes we do have things to work on culturally just like whatever you represent got some work to do too so mm -hmm. you know I, I think that that's that to go back to the joe rogan podcast i think or just freedom of speech in general you don't want to block people off because you don't want to you don't want to miss the opportunity to better whatever situation mm -hmm. is in front of you yeah because that's i think that's a great point and that's uh there's a couple of people I know that I would want to have on just because I know even within the church, it'd be interesting to have different um, perspectives just because I, I, I know that I've had friends, they post, I'm like, oh, well, what's going on here? Because like, <laughs> there are, like, so there are <laughs> certain things I'm pretty confident on within, within policy, within why we believe certain things the way right. we do. Um, but I'd like to know why they have issues, where they have issues, or where do they get their information, or where whatever it may be. Um, because I know recently, talking about like kind of a, a clash of, of culture, there's this girl I follow, and I do it specifically because I'm trying to do better about having different perspectives for myself. Um, she's been a big advocate for people like who have a hard time with general conference. Okay. There's, there's people who have anxieties around what prophets are saying, where it may be. And where I have an issue with what she says is she doesn't ever talk about the good of conference. Okay. And like, it's not that she's blatantly like conference is bad, but it's like, it's okay if you disagree with it. It's okay if you do this thing. It's okay. And like, I, like I said, I technically agree with her, but she needs, if she's personally, again, I'm not going to dictate my belief system on her, but you should also talk about the benefits of conference as well. Cause right. I remember even talking, it was, it was just ironic because she said this right before conference and it was just, it was very frustrating. Like talk about the good that can happen. Someone going through a hard time. Like I said, maybe they have an issue with how someone's presenting something, but maybe Christofferson finally says something because I'm just thinking of like someone who's very soft-spoken <laughs> type right. person says something that's going to benefit them, that they have these questions, and he actually says the things like, wait a second, if I if I could have gone through the, the hardship of sometimes hearing something hard to get through the good, that's kind of the point of conference a lot of times. Right. And what's ironic is within conference, um, the quote uh, from Elder Holland, he says, Christianity is comforting, but is often not comfortable. Ooh. It was like the greatest contrast of like Ooh. a reminder of like, yes, you, these men are, they're still humans. You may not agree 100% with what they're saying. They're still call of God. And they're still in Christianity. Is, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Like that's growth. I, I mean, that's the whole idea of why we're here. Right. We're here to be tested. We're supposed to go through uncomfortable things. Yep. And that's where, I mean, kind of stepping back a little bit to, to politics where, kind of a, a repeat of topic in a sense of where I kind of where I tend to have issues with combining too much of religion and politics is people use politics to justify certain behaviors and certain actions like I said as a citizen of the US I believe that people should be able to do what they want but if you're going to be a follower of Christ 
it's going to be hard. You're going to have to forsake things that the world says is okay. Right. I still think if you want to do that, I'm still going to love you. You're still going to do your thing. But as it says here, it's not going to be comfortable. There's going to be, you're, you're going through something that said specifically, I'll think uh, uh, with the LGBTQ issues. I believe that they should have rights. They should be able to, to live their life. But if they want to follow Christ, you're going to have to forsake those things. You're not going to be able to conform religion to, to accept that. It's just not how it works. And there was a friend of mine where they were asked on the, the issue of proclamation of the world, family proclamation of the world, which mm-hmm. is technically scripture. Indeed. And they said that they don't believe that that's actually policy. I'm like, no. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's I mean, yes, we, we should love our, our brothers and sisters however they believe, if, even if it's completely against what God says. Because it's God's place to make the judgment. And if they want to change, then they have to repent for it. That is their path, their prerogative, their choice. I'm still going to love them. But they can't expect the church or my beliefs to conform with that ideology. Mm. The two can, in a sense, there can be a lot of living together of ideas. Like we can still love them and disagree with them. Right. And, but that's, that's where I tend to have issues with within a uh, within a political realm when people bring up certain things that go against the church and say that the church should accept that because a lot of christianity modern christianity has let gay couples be married in their churches and that's their choice but that's not the eternal plan right i know that's possibly politically incorrect someone's gonna get mad at me for saying that just if you want to follow the path that the gospel is laid forth you've got to follow these things and that's where, like, it's kind of going back to this whole, like, clash of cultures thing where it's, these are difficult conversations to have. Oh, yeah. And that's where, like, even, I'm trying to remember the exact, like I said, I got sidetracked for a little bit. But just in talking about, um, for example, bringing up where with Black Lives Matter in, in supporting the actual movement, the organization itself, supporting Marxism, where there's probably things within what they're thinking that they're coming from their Christian belief. But for example, Karl Marx was pretty anti-God. So right. <laughs> that's where people have issues with it. Yeah. And so to fully support Marxism is not going to happen <laughs> right? as a whole. But that's where culturally it's, we have to have these conversations to understand why people have issues with like why. Cause I understand where my friend was coming from because historically we have not always treated gay people the best. Like, I know that's, like I said, totally flipping on the other side of making people mad. We haven't. We haven't always been the nice one. We haven't always treated them the best way. I even know myself growing up in small rural Idaho, there was this consensus belief on how we, there's no way, it's all a choice. You, there's no way you can be born like that. And obviously science has told us otherwise that there's, there's too many factors to just totally dismiss how someone feels physically. Right. Because that's their test. And if they decide that they believe in Christ more than that test, then they're going to have to overcome a very, very difficult thing. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't remember who finally said it, but it's it kind of just imagining, like, if I wasn't allowed to love my wife, that would be hard. And so, obviously, there's certain differences, like, obviously, within God's law, that's okay. But if that wasn't okay, I understand why that's hard for someone within the LGBTQ right. community. Like, I can't imagine being told that that's bad. But, again, that's 
decisions are made. Like, if you want to live that way, live that way. That's your choice. That's your right. You do you. Just let me live my life and don't expect my beliefs to conform to yours. I don't even know how we got on this. This is going to be the most random episode we have. <laughs> About freedom of speech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because with, and I think with, uh, just to kind of go back to Black Lives Matter, I think that with all lives matter, it's not that people are against the idea of all lives matter, but it's more towards the parable of the 99 sheep and the one. Mm-hmm. Like that's the comparison that the idea of Black Lives Matter is trying to use is that this one is being mistreated in this particular way is being targeted this particular way. Let's stop it so that yeah. it can be a part of the other 99. Mm-hmm. And with all lives matter is they're, they're bringing it all together without addressing the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's where the aggression of the message that black lives matter is trying to get to. And I think that even if you disagree with Black Lives Matter. I don't think that people necessarily disagree with either the troubles that blacks are going through or they disagree with just the immorality of bad things happening to people as much as you probably don't see it as often. Therefore, it's not that Black Lives Matter is fully being discredited, but at the same time, people's experiences are being discredited. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the misunderstanding that's happening. So if somebody, let's say a Black Lives Matter representative comes up here to speak, I don't think that they'd be able to get off what they want to say because they'd be met with so much opposition mm-hmm. to the organization itself compared to the message that's trying to be sent. Because we all know that I won't say we all Christians have met other non-Christians that are more Christ-like than other Christians. Oh yes. And to me, that's a problem because how is it that this one person is able to understand certain basic understandings of the gospel that I probably haven't even read a Bible Mm -hmm. yet. You've read it for so long, or maybe you're not reading it, but you're having a hard time understanding these certain things. And I think that, I think that we get we're getting to a point where because we are so tribalistic with our ideas or tribalistic with our beliefs that it's hard to make that contact with the opposition because you're against the tribe so so to speak. Yeah. And that is where that where our freedom where we're losing our freedom of speech not by policy but by ourselves mm-hmm. because we are refusing to to listen. And now we're becoming those A&Rs that (laughs) are trying to, you know, uh, that that are trying to censor Joe Rogan. That's that's us being that to people that's trying to make a point. So with with podcasting, I think the cool thing is you and I can sit here and just talk about random stuff like this is for, for people who don't know Carlton and I or have sat down in a conversation with us. This is how we talk every day. Yeah. Like this. We just decided to record it now, but I think that I I think the cool thing about it is we are able to talk about what we are able to talk about 
because there's enough people that understand what we're talking about. And for those who don't understand the church specifically, we can we can provide that information. Or if you want to, you can go look it up, churchofjesuschrist.org. And I think that with the beautiful thing about podcasting in this pandemic is that it's weirdly bringing people together somehow, mm-hmm. even with the craziness that's going on in the world. And we have the opportunity to be able to sit and reflect. And I think that maybe that's what 2020 is supposed to be, <laughs> the year of reflection, the yeah. year of recapitulation to figure out what is going on with everything. You know, the when when things return to normal, there's going to be so many things that's going to be changed, in my opinion. I don't think that we're going to go back to our typical norm, that we're going to have infra, uh, infrastructure changes in companies. And I think people would just start – thinking differently once all of this goes away and that that'll be interesting to see how it reflects politics it's gonna be interesting to see how it reflects um just daily life i'll be looking forward to see what that looks like i don't think we're going to go back to normal to maybe next summer quote unquote normal but i think that whatever that new normal will be it'll happen next june next july somewhere around that because uh, we're kind of struggling with COVID right now, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and that's what I like. It's this funny that I have to have the 2020 conference, 2020 October conference. Um, you literally said the exact talk that Elder Nelson gave at the very President Nelson gave at the very end of a new normal. And he says, "Today we often hear about a new normal. If you really want to embrace a new normal." I invite you to turn your heart, mind, and soul increasingly to our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Let that be your new normal. And I think, I've, I like that that comparison of 2020 being this time of reflection because that's, I mean, that's that's how repentance happens. That's how change happens. Is right. We have to have kind of a punch in the face <laughs> from life <laughs> to be like, wait a second, what, what are my priorities? Am I spending enough time helping my community? Am I spending enough time in the scriptures? Am I spending enough time improving myself as an individual? And so I think as as we kind of getting back into podcasting, we took an accidental break of we kind of approach this where we're going to talk about heavy or hard topics, knowing that we need to be open to different ideas to make sure that we believe strongly in our own ideas. That's the idea of having coming back to freedom of speech of letting people who you disagree with speak is because a <laughs> either your idea is challenged. And like, wait, maybe this, maybe this way I specifically within this idea, because we have so many like small ideas of what we believe within our faith that one part of it could be changed because it was influenced by something wrong a long time ago. Someone said something and you kind of just embrace this as, okay, this is the gospel. And you realize, wait a second, someone told me this once. An example, there was a lady on my mission who believed that the prophets and apostles were perfect. Hmm. And she's like, don't you tell me that they're not, or this wouldn't be true or something like that. And that's, Is she no Brigham Young? <laughs> anyway or any of them <laughs> because they're humans <laughs> and cultures sucked at certain times <laughs> so that's as we kind of and I, I really hope we can get guests and hopefully people who can be nice about their disagreements because I will have a hard time with me keeping my cool if they're going to be mean about it but I do want someone who looks at things differently than me 
so that we can talk about things within the gospel to, to understand. Like I said, maybe it's not necessarily going to change either of our minds, but at least we can understand, as you kind of said, why they have their hard time with their church, or why they have a hard time with this policy, or why they have a hard time, whatever it may be within our belief system. So maybe we can give them a better perspective, but at least we can hear the root cause of why they feel this way. So we can do better with using freedom of speech within our religious context as well, because if we believe in all of these things, if we believe in freedom of religion, we believe yeah. in freedom of speech, we need to be able to talk and let everyone talk so we can hear different perspective. Like I said, that's kind of tying every random thing we talked about today. It all <laughs> kind of comes from this, why we started this in the first place of there's so many different cultures. There's so many different pol political views and religious views that we need to be able to hear all of them out. And I even know like with in especially I'm speaking this from Idaho specifically <laughs> where I grew up is where you we were told to avoid the appearance of evil, to avoid these things. But how do we know if something's truly evil if we actually can't hear them out? Like there's some obviously some blatant mm. things that you can avoid and you can that's be careful of. But that's where I think sometimes people are cautious of different ideas to some degree within our faith because they're scared of becoming anti, whatever it may be, hearing something out. Especially, like I said, we do kind of have a, because we're humans that started a church and poor Heavenly Fathers had to deal with all these crazy people throughout history, even some of his prophets. He's like, this is what I have to deal with. <laughs> He's a lot nicer than that, I, I imagine. But to understand that we have a broken history because we're broken people. All of us throughout history have all been broken. Just because we have become more, quote unquote, progressive in some ideals, 10 years from now, we're going to look back at this and be like, look at those crazies. And 20 years from now, they're, we're always going to be able to, it's easy to look on the past on something because there's always going to be something wrong with society as a whole because that's the whole point of being here. <laughs> Big old crazy test of dealing with all. And so I don't know where it's exactly going with that. I think I had a, a direction. But this idea of we need to have these conversations and hopefully we can get more perspectives on here too to unveil the saints as our name suggests. <laughs> Indeed. So if you've gone to the end of the episode, know that we are our own people. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not endorsing this. They're not at all. They're not giving us a paycheck to at all to say this and kind of intentional. Um, we want it to be a little more yeah, educational for those who aren't familiar with the faith and more thought-provoking for those who are a part of the faith yeah. that we're covering topics um, that culturally not being spoken of by members yeah. that I think that should be, you know, they, they should be more uh, open to speak about, whether if it be just in daily conversation or even... Uh, during a during a lesson, yeah. you know, I think there are some things that 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 should be spoken more of that aren't quite clear to your typical churchgoer. And we hope also that the the nature of it just makes it a little more approachable. If you have kind of had questions or you've seen different things, and you're like maybe I do want to learn a bit learn a little bit more about this. Obviously, if whatever we talked about in this episode, you want to learn more for what the actual church what our church believes. Churchofjesuschrist.org is the website. Go there. That's I mean that's really where if you really want to fully understand. But if you're just kind of curious, this is this is why we're doing this. Um, but yeah, know that we're not 
mean, yes, we're members and representing in that way, but we are not representing the church on official business. It's our own view, and we don't yeah. want the Mormon mafia to come and <laughs> take us because they got our information, and we can't run that far. So, 